Thanks for joining us for our audio blog for 9-2019. Is it working? The role of assessment and instruction by design. We mapped out our quarterly promises in our previous blog, looking at data within the district and identifying power standards. But how do we know if it's going to work? At this point in time for us, to look a little bit deeper at how we're going to assess students to see if the curriculum that we're going to create is going to be really effective. Within this process of instruction by design, there are five different assessment elements. Formative, interim, performance task, student reflections, and summative. Each type of assessment adds another layer to the data that can help us determine the best, most effective instruction for each student. Let's break these down. Formative assessment. While we've talked about formative assessment in other blogs, it is a vital part of our day-to-day instruction and it's always worth talking about again. Teachers use formative assessment every day. It's a part of good teaching. It may not always be a formal exit ticket, but before maybe before every single lesson, but a formative assessment identifies how well students are grappling with the concept in the middle of the lesson, during direct instruction, or the exploratory portion of the, of the instruction. Formative assessment can be observing students as they interact. At the end of the students while planning for the next day, a formative assessment assessment might review the process of the daily the progress of the daily work that's going on it might take the form of an exit ticket a pretest using the jot lot that teachers can use to gauge students progress and the immediate use for instruction right away an interim differs from a formative assessment an interim is administered administered as different intervals hence the name between the instruction. Interim assessments might be included in textbooks in a form of a mid-module assessment, a quick checkup, which is great within the context of the book. However, remember the assessments in the book are assessing whether or not you've taught and identified or quote-unquote delivered from the textbook is going well. Without interim assessments or mid-module or check-ins, here's a typical scenario. We teach the lesson and it's laid out in the book. We collect some formative data from independent work. We give the end of chapter or unit test. We find out that 34% of our kids pass the test and we move on to the next chapter. This scenario does not promote increase of student achievement. It's important that interim assessments be a part of our curricular framework when you're looking at instruction by design so that we can piece the framework to, to be designed very effective as the way that we're teaching and the way that we can catch kids before we move on. As we develop our curricular framework, I really wanted our interim assessments to be standard-based, especially as we considered our, what we were looking at in our quarterly promises. We began the search for standard-based assessments that would allow us to foc- focus our particular attention on the power standards and gathering data of those heavy hitter standards identified in the green check marks. But we also wanted to incorporate DOK, which stands for depth of knowledge, to make sure we were on par with the level of questioning we were giving kids. 
we were in luck. We found a really great resource that had everything we're looking for for free, literally for free. CCSSMathActivities.com is a great snapshot assessments for each grade level K-5. Each assessment has four questions on the standard and also includes which DOK level the question is being asked. It can give you a direct match to what our state standards and assessment claims look like. To access the snapshot assessments for your grade level, you can click on the K-5 supports and the navigation menu at the top of the website. Then select Engage New York and check, your, check, check on your grade level. You can also click here on the link in our blog to find this support. Remember, if you're not using Engage New York, you can also use it for different um, different programs. So ironically, this program that we looked at wasn't really designed for the program that I was using. However, um, it, it's already laid out in the modules, which was a nice, easy parallel. But since this resource is standard-based, we've used these lines of assessment by TOK for other schools that aren't using Eureka Math with no problem. In our journey of instruction by design with our districts, we analyzed these snapshots assessments, made some changes to tailor them to our quarterly promises that we mapped out. We've also selected assessments that we thought would be best to determine whether or not the student's getting the standard. Some of the units were developed only had two interim assessments. Some of our larger units may have had up to five interim assessments. Of course, we still use traditional tools like exit tickets, but we use the snapshot assessment to collect the data that answers the question, is the curriculum we wrote effective? Based on our students. For data collection purposes for our districts, we use an initial score, but in our trainings we've talked about when you find a pocket of kids that are still struggling with a particular concept, we continue to work on that standard. We know that standard will come up again in the summative assessment and other things the students will be looking at. The third type of assessment in instruction by design is performance tasks. Performance tasks build an earlier content knowledge, process skills, and work habits and are strategically placed in a lesson or unit to enhance learning for students. It pulls it all together. Performance tasks range from short activities taking only a few minutes to projects that are really end up being polished products outside of the classroom, according to ASCD. However, you take the performance task and make it personally beneficial for your students. How are you going to go about doing that? For our instruction by design project, each unit we designed around a theme. Like area or decimal place value, each unit addresses an essential question and were designed to show how that theme related to students we were working with and how they would use it in real life. And so we selected and created performance tasks to fit within those units. Performance tasks should be set up to be personal and relatable to students as to where they're going to apply their math skills. So for us, we had to tweak a lot of our tasks based on the student's geographic and socioeconomic location. In the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, let's say, the kind of performance task questions that I might use will be different than those of the ones relatable in Lincoln Park, Michigan, which has more of an at-risk population and more of a city. For example, say a performance task asks the students to build a fence, size maybe to keep their horses contained. For a child who lives in the city and hasn't experienced a horse farm, they might not, it's not, might not be a great performance task because while both math and application are sound, the student can't relate. It doesn't fit to their world. Now, would it be a great performance task 
for maybe the schools in Wyoming? Absolutely. But it wouldn't be for, be for everyone. Maybe for city kids, the question might say something like they're going to create an area of fencing. Or maybe instead, the students are going to build a planter or a garden in the schoolyard. We allotted one instructional day for students to complete the performance task for the teachers to be able to collect the data. We have a lot of resources on our website on our math resource page regarding pro- problem solving with performance tasks. Just click on the writing and problem solving tab on my website and there's lots of resources on sis4teachers.org. Our fourth type of assessment and instruction by design is student reflection. A student completing, as students complete performance tasks, we also can get a more accurate picture of where they are in real application of the skills with the units using NAEP, um, which that stands for Novice apprentice, practitioner, or expert. At first, when teachers look at this, they think, oh, kids are just going to talk about how they feel about math. But as we've been rolling this out during the school year, the teachers are seeing that it's a really valuable piece, especially in the upper grades. The students are being asked five questions about the standards and whether they feel like they're, one, a novice, two, an apprentice, three, a practitioner, or four, an expert in their I can statements for that unit. Students can reflect before, during, or after the unit, but the goal is to assess how the students feel on where they are in the content. Self-reflection will help them consciously process what they're learning. Do they know the theme of the unit? Why were they, what were they learning about? Where will it apply in their everyday life? How do you feel about applying these skills in your everyday life? Although at first it seemed like just one more thing, but it, but it's really critical piece for us to allow to gauge our students and how they're feeling with their content. If kids are aware of the objectives of the lessons in the units, they can relate to the essential question we're trying to answer and to understand why we're learning about these things. They definitely feel more connected to the instruction that's going on than if we were just going through the textbook page by page for the next lesson and the next worksheet. The last type of assessment is the summative assessment. This type of assessment looks at the fi- looks at the finality of how well the child is doing in the certain areas. Summative assessments are a, as big as the districts administering a state or standardized test like the M-STEP, STAR test, etc. But for our instruction by design project, we wanted a summative assessment that has the end of at the end of the unit that we've designed to see if through our interim assessments, performance tasks, and the lessons that we've done, have the children mastered the standards we set out. The end of chapter module and unit tests are in the book. And again, they're great for the middle of the road approach for the textbook, but do they really look at the population of kids that you're working with? Is it really assessing what you sought to teach in that particular unit of design? The answer to me is no. If you look at the dis- the, the books in the the class, the books that you have and the tests, they are really just assessing whether or not you taught those lessons. We collected data all we, we collected data all year in our project school districts using Eureka's Mass end of module assessment. The data told me that 34% of the kids were passing. It gave me little to no information on how to, how to help students at risk to improve. So we had to start to look at it differently. It didn't tell me what exact standard they didn't know. The summative assessment is going to be made up of these things so we can look at it. It's needed to be similar to our interim assessment, but instead of just looking at one standards encompassing 
all the standards in the unit would be looked at. It also needed to look at DOK for the depth of knowledge to incorporate the eight mathematical practices to see where kids are. Using Illuminate, which is a data collection system used by districts we work with, we created standard-based assessments. You can decide if you want to use Common Core standards or not. We searched the type of standard we were looking for by the DOK level and created an online Illuminate assessment, similar to what the district Similar to what the district used last year, but instead of the assessment being every single piece of the textbook, it was assessing those standards and targets that we were trying to hit within the unit. We left one day for instruction at the end of each unit for the students to take their Illuminate test as their summative assessment. Now what? If we had all five of these data pieces in place, we would have a much better handle on what we are implementing and if what we're doing is actually working. And if it were working well, if it, if it wasn't working well, we would have a five layers of assessment data available, not just to collect it, to collect it, but to actually be able to use it. I could see, be able to see exactly which standard the issue is, and I could design the curriculum or the intervention to address that exact standard. While we're working with our districts, we ended up creating a binder called our assessment binder. We encourage teachers, as after they create their units, let's take a look at what's a really good exit ticket or formative assessment that you might want to hang on to to refer back to in this unit. So in the assessment binders, teachers have their included interim assessments, their student evaluations, and their performance tasks that they can easily grab. They have a copy of the summative assessment within each unit. The binder becomes a planning tool, so we really can be able to think about how we're trying to what we're trying to improve on we can look at the assessments and where our targets are to help design the instruction because instruction by design is looking at the end in mind we want to be able to look at the targets of where we want our kids to be the next step which we'll talk about next week is now what we have the quarterly promises we have the assessments lined up and created now it's time for the instructional resource of the curriculum that we're creating join us next time for our next step in what we're looking at in instruction by design